everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Longbox Guys. With me, as always, is some of my very favorite people since I was a very little kid. Tommy, how you doing and what are you drinking? I'm doing okay, and I'm drinking some Hamilton Scotch. Hamilton's. It gets are the job done. Are you going to do your shot? Shots, shots, shots. You're shot, going to do your shot. You're going to take your shot. There you go. <laughs> Josh, how you doing and what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking a silky black imperial stout called Fleeting Moments. It is coffee, chocolate, and maple syrup, and it is silky smooth. That, that sounds delicious. I don't know what the beer that you gave my good friend Oakley was, but she loved the chocolate one, the chocolatey coffee one. Still talking about it. You have great taste in beer. Mike, how are you doing and what are you drinking? I'm doing well. I've got an A&W root beer because I'm a wild man. How are you doing? What are you drinking? I'm doing great. I have my new tiki mug and I am drinking uh, rum and Cokes out of it. Uh, I'm going to switch over to a Lemmy later. Me and my good friend Tommy love these Lemmys. And uh, I, I drink these things down with a gusto, with a fever. Uh, and uh, I love them a lot. They're delicious. I don't have a segue this week, so I'm just going to tell you that we're talking about Giant Robo! Atomic oh. Robo! Atomic Robo! Atomic Robo! He's not very giant. Robo. <laughs> I know so little about this character. Uh, I, even the things that I think I know about this character, I don't want to get into because I'm not sure. This was originally, correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, thank God. Tommy, correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong. Uh, this was uh, this started out as a... Um, a, a, uh, an internet comic, correct? Yes. Yeah, it started as well. All right, comic. I knew that. I remember Created reading some of them and liking Brian, them. Brian Clevenger and Scott Wegener back in uh, 2007 uh, as a limited series uh, published by Red Comics. And that initial limited series was nominated for an Eisner. It didn't win it. Umbrella Academy did, but it got nominated. Uh, it's a great, great story. All of the Atomic Robos are good. But as you mentioned when we were talking earlier, the ones with Dr. Dinosaur are really, really great. But Atomic Robo is a, a sentient robot that was created by Nikola Tesla, and he has lived throughout throughout many time periods. And uh, this comic book is great because it does span so many time periods. You know, he fought in the war. He has a bunch of steampunk issues and he has been granted basically human rights uh and he runs a company called Tesladyne, and uh he is all about action science and goggles he, down action science action science yeah. he hires people to do action science and there's always filled with action adventure and science and and it's it's just a great comic book if you like robots if you like comic if you like com comical uh situations and action this is a book for you all right one thing i want you to expand on a little bit no hero is anything until they have a great villain and we do know that dr dinosaur in some ways surpasses him in uh you know popularity Tell us a little okay. bit about Dr. Dinosaur. So Dr. Dinosaur is a dinosaur that supposedly has 
been transported through time through his own time machine. Space uh, and time, because space the Earth moves and expands. Well, no, no, but no, he just said he he transported through time. I know, but that's what Atomic Robo. Atomic Robo says that's bull. <laughs> Because if you just transported yourself through time, you'd be in the middle of space somewhere because the Earth is constantly moving. And because of the orbits of the Earth, you would be somewhere out in space and you'd be dead right now without a spacesuit because that's where you would have ended up if you had just made a time machine. Uh, but anyway, Dr. Dinosaur claims to be the super scientist, but really every time he does something, there's no science behind it. You know, Obviously, you don't know crystal technology. Of course not. You know, at one point... <laughs> you just don't understand the science, LT. At one yeah. point, he is controlling a group of rock creatures and other dinosaurs through a crystal helmet. But he had taken a bunch of nuclear weapons to create a time bomb. Now, this time bomb just happened to coincidentally have a timer device on it. But really... The time bomb was designed to wipe out the period of time that the humans had taken control and bring about, you know, just stop everything to back in a simpler time when dinosaurs ruled Dinosaur. and just wipe out the time of humanity. Isn't a timer on a time bomb sort of irrelevant? I'm just saying that was his supposed creation. And uh, Atomic Robot, you know, defeated him by simply claiming that he had taken a, a, you know, he was about to be destroyed by these rock creatures, him and his group of, of friends. And uh, he said, well, it's going to be awfully hard for that time bomb to go off with this, without this piece that I've taken off of it. <laughs> and, and all his friends were like, yeah, I don't know anything about time bombs, but it looks like it's going to be pretty, pretty hairy to do it without that particular intricate piece of technology. And he convinced Dr. Dinosaur that he had stolen a piece off of it when Dr. Dinosaur had shown it to him. And of course, Atomic Robo had really not taken anything, but it caused Dr. Dinosaur to have to re-examine his time bomb and dismantle it to make sure that nothing was removed and then rebuild it, thus giving Atomic Robo more time to get out of the situation and and uh, and to take reassess and, and take control. But that is the type of character Dr. Dinosaur is. Another time, Dr. Dinosaur sued Atomic Robo uh, and in the court, he was he was not exactly having a, a winning time because the he was trying all of these courtroom antics and the judge was like, no, that's not the way court works. You need to stop now. And so he had a dinosaur that he had created in the lab uh, come in and start bashing things up. Yeah, time travel being imperfect. He had a completely uh, intense knowledge of the legal system as viewed through night court instead of the actual legal system. I just made that up. That's not true. That could be, though. I it wish it was true. <laughs> I, I so, would yeah, give a lot for that to be true. If you folks are interested in Atomic Robo, the way I think our group got into it, we met the publisher at WonderCon in San Francisco, and he was like, I love this book so much, I publish it, you will love it also. So uh, we picked up the first couple graphic novels there, and then I just had to start collecting all of it. 
You can go online and read all those back issues if you want. The graphic novels are available for sale on AtomicRobo.com. Uh, if you want to, if you're old school and you'd like to actually own the physical copies. And uh, this is a really great comic because they're always doing Kickstarters to fund the next hardcover that's coming out. And uh, I'm, I'm always buying the hardcovers as they come out. The stories are set in different time periods. There's So even if you read, if you read one of the graphic novels, you don't have had to have read the earlier graphic novels if you don't want to. You can jump in anywhere, and that is going to be a complete story that you're going to be reading. Yeah, they're very also, serialized adventures. Like, yeah. They're just enjoyable. Like You could know nothing and read any of it and have a good time. Yeah. And I love the fact that in the latest one, uh, Tesla Dine has moved next door to Richard Branson. <laughs> and he's complaining about the mad science experiment experiments that's going on. So the like atomic robo is trying to deal with him in as a complaining neighbor at the same time, he's dealing with a invasion from the vampire universe, uh, which is always hilarious because Branson is losing his mind. So they like to include like real scientists into the comic book and not just uh, i should call it branson science they like to include real people into the comic book and just kind of weave them into the story I why mean, the carl they have a, sagan yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes so, oh, so yes it's uh it's a great it's a funny book and you will you, if you like science and you like comics this is a perfect comic for you to get into this is one that I never got into, but every single issue I've read, I've been entertained by. It's kind of like for me, um, uh, uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I've never been disappointed, but it's never really totally hooked me in either. I, I, I mean, I love the series. It's, it is sort of the, the, the sci-fi version of Indiana Jones. He's mm-hmm. always, he, he always manages to find himself in a desert. He uh, he happens to be on a horse instead of a tank. He's just mm. he's just the character, and it's just yeah, it's just always great dialogue. It's fun action. It flows super well. It, I mean, I I couldn't even point to a favorite. There are 13 volumes. I haven't read the latest yet, but just just go read them all. Love it. Yeah. It's just yeah, good, it's good good fun. I like fun. I would yeah. pay good money to make this an animated series. Oh, it would be good. It would be a good animated, animated series. That's certain. So yeah. excellent. Yeah. Amazon, if you're notch. listening, and we know you're not, and we know yeah. you're not, <laughs> but some money into this. Get that done. I mean, just think of the dinosaur toys you could sell. Doctor Dinosaur with all the accessories. It'd be the new Barbie. Yeah. So Mattel, if you're listening. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Mattel, if you're yeah. listening. It'd totally be the new Barbie. Yeah. Yeah. The new Barbie. Dr. Dinosaur with his crystals. Dr. Dinosaur with his lab coat. Dr. Dinosaur with something. I mean, they made Jason the Wheeled Warriors just to sell stuff. Like that, uh, There's yeah. probably like eight eight cartoons we watched as kids that were just marketed. It's, were just to launch marketing campaigns for toys that with no base material. So now we've got something here, guys. Let's go for it. Yeah. Let's, let's, yeah. Yeah. Put your fucking working boots on. Tie the laces real tight. Make myself make you some fucking 
Atomic Robo content. I bought a mask T-shirt. You guys remember mask? Oh, yeah, I love my mask. Yeah. Green <laughs> helmet. My... Uh, motorcycle turns into a helicopter. My favorite guy. Damn right. I bought a mask T-shirt as a Christmas present for my next door neighbor because it was his favorite cartoon this year. This That's year. Right. Still All right, going. Atomic Robo could be huge. Yeah. Could be. Mask was like, what, 1983, 84, maybe? It's been yeah. a minute. <laughs> I love that cartoon. It's a good cartoon. Yeah. It combined two things. Vehicles that had two options and helmets and, cool and helmet. superpowers. Yeah, like, yeah. like yeah, they didn't stop with just one theme. They didn't no. just have vehicles that could transform. No. They had vehicles yeah. transformed. And guys, like, in Mack trucks wearing helmets for no fucking reason. They the helmets gave them power, cool. though, usually. Yeah. So good. So good. Delicious. Yeah. I bet it doesn't hold up at all. Uh, probably not. The not gas station, by the way, is based on a real place, and we saw it. Uh, well, like really? that place. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was driving through somewhere in the middle of nowhere, like, and there's a gas station built into the side of a mountain. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait, hold on here. And this year, while I was buying, I went down to Maskell because my buddy's like, hey, this is my bike. I want <laughs> at the Maskell. <laughs> I went down to Maskell. <laughs> I went down. I found out. Yeah. Uh, you better, you better check. He's a consulting there, adult. Just let I him have it. it. Jesus Christ. Dude, it's, it's the like 2020s. I can go down a mask hole if I want to. <laughs> uh, so it was, I, I passed that years and years ago when I was driving through uh, the desert. And this year I found out that the set was based on an actual gas station that's built on the side of a stupid mountain. Like, uh, yeah, I knew I saw that fucking place. I always wanted to buy that PlayStation. Too, that, that oh, it's cool. It is cool yeah. looking. Uh, I guess that'll bring us to the front of the long box. Mikey, could you please tell us what's at the front of the long box? Uh, at the front of the long box, we are going to continue our tradition of talking about banned books. This is another one of Brad Meltzer's Ordinary People Change the World. I am Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, it is an adorable children's book that has been challenged in both Florida, Texas, and Tennessee because... It makes white people feel bad that their white people mistreated black people. Thank you. <laughs> that's a great that's explanation why, of that. Yeah, that's that's why it's being challenged. It's fucking ridiculous, but uh, yeah, uh, it's a, it's great. It, all of the series of uh, that Brad Meltzer has for little kids. It's a great book to pick up. Uh, we had previously talked about two other books. I have Billie Jean King. Uh, because she's gay and they don't want any mention of anybody being gay. And the other one that we talked about was I am Rosa Parks, which has also been challenged because again, it makes people feel bad. Well, it makes some, 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 some people. white people feel bad that white people were bad to black people in the past. Thank God that's behind us. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Uh, this is a great book to read, not because uh, this is a great uh, book to read for a lot of reasons. And one of those reasons is, you know, the past isn't exactly the past. You know, we're, we're still coming across problems when it comes to racism in America. And by reading books like this and by seeing books like this, we can take a little time for self-reflection and see what we can do better. Yeah. This is a great book for kids. Yeah. I do like the illustrations, though. That's some... T- Terrific, terrific. Cute. It's so cute. So 
Uh, I think the style might be, and Tommy, you can probably correct me on this if I'm wrong, but it's very reminiscent of a, a chibi style, chiba style of, of uh, artwork. Big heads, little bodies. Sure. Sure, Tom. Okay. Does anyone disagree with that? I know what you mean. Yeah, I've heard the term. I vaguely oh. recognize it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Maybe, maybe I'm not the person to speak on this. I usually defer to Tommy when it comes to uh, art styles. I wish I wish Remy was here. He would definitely know. Also known as Donnie. <laughs> that brings us to the back of the long box. Tommy, what do you have in the back of the long box? I have Counterfeit Girl by Peter Mulligan, Rufus Daglo, and Rom, uh, Dom Reagan. Sorry. I'm screwing up everybody's name. Uh, it is a story of a cyberpunk story of a woman who has been uh, kind of stealing uh, identities and in this world people are tracked by the identities that they have uh, and these are actual memories and uh, all these physical characteristics that are kind of implanted in them uh, as their identity whether they're their existing identity or ones that are skimmed off of somebody else and implanted in them to hide their real identity. And this woman, uh, the Libra is her name. She has been stealing identities and, and having these counterfeit identities put on her because uh, she was the lover of a CEO's uh, son for, for a while. And dad didn't like it and so she had to go on the run to basically avoid it huge corporation like think amazon term type of type of scale and in order to avoid the authorities avoid everything else she had to kind of skim ids and she has kind of run this sort of guerrilla operation to fight back against corporations like that um ever since because she's been forced underground and forced to live this sort of lifestyle. And it's kind of an interesting dystopian storyline. And she ends up her latest ID that she's, that she has implanted in her gets found out. And so she has to go to somebody that's a little less reputable, a little sleazier than she would normally do it to get a, a, a new ID implanted on her. Uh, right away because she's about to be found out and taken in and this latest id has some problems it has a virus attached to it that actually physically manifests on itself and it's all about her you gotta trust who you go to you never know who you're gonna get COVID from yeah and and she has to find the original person that was skimmed off of to find the origination of the virus to get it cured Otherwise, she may die because it's affecting her system so badly. And it's just an interesting story. If you're into dystopian sci-fi, it's a great book for you. If you're into cyberpunk, yeah, it all ends up being uh, very cool, very weird. Artwork is a little out there. It's one of those 2000 AD books. If you're into like the sort of uh, Judge Dredd world type stuff. It's that similar art style, that similar publishing house. Where did you read it? Was that on Comixology, or do you have the um, hard copy or floppies or something? Uh, I actually have a, a, a download that I got off of uh, Home of Bundle a long time ago. Yeah. But you can get it on Comixology. It's available just about anywhere. 
You find some great, great uh, deals on that humble bumble. You're the master of that, man. Fantastic. Yeah, Jimmy Palmiotti has one right now for his um, his independent line, and it's yeah. all the proceeds are going to World Wildlife Foundation. Yeah, which I don't like supporting. The WWF? Yeah, I don't like yeah. supporting them. Why not? Well, you know, I tried to reach out for them so, for some research material when I was back at school, and uh, they never got back to me. And uh, the more I looked into that research, the more I changed my view on the subject. Oh. I'm just mad that they stole WWF away from the WWE. I'm just saying. We're mad at them for very different they, reasons. They are, they're, you know, they're not so they're not science driven. Let's put it that way. They're emotion driven. They're emotion driven. They're not science driven. I understand. Sometimes. You're much better off. You're much better off like for Sierra Club or something like that than, than World Wildlife Fund. Okay. Because they, they're totally not science-driven. All right. That seems a little tangential to the uh, topic, but that is Josh's purview. Josh, you got a tangent for us? Yeah, so you're not listening to this podcast on January 1st, but today is the first day of the new year. And as tradition holds, some people try to make promises to themselves and then try mostly in vain to keep them throughout the year. Did anyone anyone make a New Year's resolution they'd like to share? I did. I did. Michael, go uh, ahead. What's yours? I am going to try to get healthier. So I, I went to the gym today. I was waiting for my daughter to go with me, but she decided to sleep instead. So I was over there by myself. Well, good on you for getting going. Yep. A hundred uh, pushups, not all at the same time. <laughs> and uh, a two mile run. By run, I mean walk. Yeah. And by walk, uh, I mean shuffle <laughs> well if anyone's interested they can go to needham 5k fun run for new year's eve look up number 336 i had my best 5k that i've had in maybe 10 years uh this is not a fast pace but i came in at 15 15 minute miles which is not fast but it's a lot faster than i've done in a long long time since i've Taken uh, to running a little bit more. I'm doing a half marathon in Missoula, Montana in June. So I've been uh, I've been running a little bit more. Once again, my pace is best described as if a zombie's running behind me, they would think I was just kind of being a dick. <laughs> They're like, you're not really trying, are you? You're just being a dick. And I'm like, no, this is you're just, just like, toying no. with us. You're like, you're just a little bit faster than us. I'm like, I know. But I'm doing it at the best I can. Like you're just I don't know. For us to I think fall you're just apart. being a dick. I also made a little uh, pegboard to track how yes to track how often I practice my musical instruments because I have started a band and I've been practicing and I I'm a big um, proponent of the idea of ten thousand hours. If you want to get good at something, you, you kind of got to practice it for ten thousand hours. So I've been uh, I've been like just trying to monitor my practice a little bit more. So every day I at least do a few scales or do a little thing, and I move my little peg one pegboard. And that is, that uh, is so refreshing because that is not where I thought you were going when you said you did yourself I know, a little pegboard. Right? I don't know. When I when I mentioned pegboard, peg I thought board, everyone was going to freak was, out on me. Yeah, no, I wasn't going to freak out. I was. I was 
Uh-huh. I was a little curious, honestly. I was a little curious. Just <laughs> boom, boom, boom. You want to see the pegboard? It's right underneath this chair. Well, not underneath the chair. <laughs> Is that underneath the chair? <laughs> you started at one. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I've seen a video of that. So I don't really have a I don't really have a New Year's resolution, but I'm going to try to only work five days a week. <laughs> That'd be good, LJ. That's a good I, That's a good I, I wanna that is also necessary. I I had to grab the Irishman by the neck a couple of days ago. I was giving him a ride home and I'm like, have you had anybody uh I've I've passed the mantle on to my good friend LT as the director of the uh um food bank and i'm uh, kind of his assistant but i i quit and i said my my last day officially is january 15th and i just found out a couple days ago that he hasn't put in a want ad yet so i had to slap him around a little bit for you lt yeah so, i'll be there as long as you need me for but starting yeah. next not this wednesday but next wednesday it's gonna be a little hairy because laney's got to work all that day so, so make sure he does that, <laughs> Josh. And uh, by the way, I, I never I, I make a resolution every single year and I don't feel bad if I don't make it. I think I'm more like a New Year's intention. And I, I look back at the intention. How did I do? And maybe I can do better. Yeah. Josh, you, you don't like resolutions all that much, but you're a very uh, healthy guy and you work hard on yourself. I mean, you make well, you know, I have goals for yourself. Yeah, yeah, I have a goal for myself this year. So well, sure. Uh, so, you know, folks probably know uh, I'm diabetic or was diagnosed type two. Uh, and they said, hey, you know, if you lose a bunch of weight, you'll probably get better. And I didn't. But I did lose like 40 pounds and I, I've been pretty good at keeping it at about the same the same weight I am now. Yeah, you uh, great. But my goal this this time, which I've I probably haven't had since college, is a flat stomach. My goal this year, I'll keep the weight dead even, but flat stomach by the end of the year. You know, El, uh, we actually talk about one of your resolutions that you never made, but you came so close, Josh. Do you remember it? No. Slam dunk in a basketball. Oh, yeah. I was really, really you close. You were so close. You were so dinging close. it off so, the rim every single time. So for the folks like you who, weren't, yeah, I you am never, not tall. Yeah. So I'm like five seven, maybe five eight on a good day if my spine's feeling particularly springy. And uh, in college, when I was working construction, I could dunk a tennis ball, but I could never quite get the basketball to dunk. You were so close. So close, though. It was so like damn close. Uh, it's <laughs> it's like the the Detroit basketball team that has like 28 losses, but they've only lost by like two points for the last like six games. That was a surprising game. I was at the Celtics game last week, and damn, they gave us a run for our money and into overtime. And I, I was thought, like, this I game. I thought they were going to pull it out. Way more exciting than it should have been. Yeah. <laughs> for a, a, te- a team games, that's 2 and 28, the wor- they have the worst record in history for the first 30 games of the season. And they're about to tie, I think, tomorrow. They're the about to tie the longest losing worst- streak ever. But if you look at the numbers, They've only been losing by like one, two, and three points. Yeah, it's a plus minus of maybe one and a half points. It's like, crazy. Yeah. And if you were a betting man, the Celtics did not make the spread on that game. Huh. No, yeah. 
So you're like telling me the Detroit Pistons are the Fire Lord of the <laughs> yes. NBA? They're the Jack. Yeah, yeah and the they're Hearts. playing Spider-Man next, so I'm not expecting much. <laughs> they can play the. <laughs> they're gonna lose by two points to the Washington uh, uh, generals. generals. Generals, thank you. <laughs> Does that team count? That team can't count. <laughs> they must have a worse record. <laughs> it's not. I thought it was the New Jersey Generals. It used to be the Washington Generals. They might have it changed the Washington it. Washington Generals, yeah, for the yeah. for the Globe. The Globetrotters beat yeah, yeah. the, the, yeah, the team. The Globetrotters always whoop up on. Now, yeah. By the way, a great looking documentary coming up about the uh, um, how the Globetrotters started. So be looking for that very soon. And I'm going to do a quick three-day team, but you guys don't get to weigh in on this one yet because you probably haven't seen the movie, but I'm going to guess you to do so. Gash. Guess? Gash. Gash. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. One, Tommy, did you give us a, a, a New Year's resolution? I, I did, sort of. Okay, good. Five days a week. Five days a week. Five days a week. Here's- Let's see if we can make that happen. I just saw a terrific, terrific. I, you know what? You guys can uh, do on this one. Frankenstein movies, three to eighteen. Where do you stand? I just saw a terrific, terrific uh, version of it called Poor Things. Emma Stone. Uh, it's just total reselling, reimagining of the Frankenstein mythos. And if you're not paying attention, you might not even think it's a Frankenstein movie, but it absolutely is, and it is terrific. I love Frankenstein movies. All Frankenstein movies, with some exceptions, of course, are a solid eighteen with me. But the genre itself is an eighteen. I mean, Where Young Frankenstein was was brilliant. Which one? Yeah. Young, young Frankenstein? Frankenstein? Oh, Young Frankenstein. Absolutely brilliant. I give Frankenstein movies an 18. What do you guys think about that particular movie set? I mean, other yeah. than Young Frankenstein, I haven't seen any one where I was like, oh, my God, this is great. Really like the original with Boris Karloff? Are those the old ones? Nah. I enjoyed those. Okay. Uh, I will give it a 14. That's that's fair. It's fine. I just happen to love all of them. I just I get lost in Frankenstein movies. How do you feel about I Frankenstein? Oh, oh, there's I Frankenstein. Oh, I need to change mine to a 13 all of a sudden. I'm going to give that particular movie a five. (laughs) No, I'll give it. I want to give it more because I I know. uh, Yeah, no, it was a high five. High five down the line. That was one of the few. I, You know the worst part about that movie was? I was so looking forward to it. Oh, my God. I had like a year and a half of hype for it. It looked so good. And then it sucked so bad. That's why you guys remember it, because I kept talking about how good it looked. (laughs) I have no particular predilection for Frankenstein-themed films. I mean, Young Frankenstein, hilarious. Thank you, Mel Brooks. Um, I will say I haven't seen the movie you are about to espouse, but for modern uh, film television, uh, for the folks who have not watched Penny Dreadful, Penny Dreadful was fucking fantastic. Yeah, that was good. So I'll give it a 15 just on Penny Dreadful. The genre of 15. All right. Tommy, the genre of the Frankenstein films. Well, like I said, it was going to be a 14, but now it's a 13 when you throw in I Frankenstein. (laughs) That movie's a piece of crap. (laughs) 
Uh, so please go see Poor Things. Uh, it is a little bit of a long run time, and I usually am down on those, but there wasn't a moment when uh, the story wasn't being moved forward. There was no waste in motion in this film. And for a movie this long, that's saying something. Emma Stone was terrific. Mark Ruffalo was hysterical and sad and just really, you know, showed his chops. And William Defoe was is hardly ever better. Like, I want to say this is his best role ever, but come on, like Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Come on, man. But he was so good in this. I mean, he was just so relatable. I think his most relatable character I've ever seen. Platoon. Like, the most... Platoon. I said I said Apocalypse Now, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah, you're right, Platoon. Sorry. Yeah. Um, This might be his most likable and relatable character. Maybe likable is a stretch, but relatable, absolutely. This is a great movie. Go see it. You didn't see Aquaman? Amazing Spider-Man? No, nobody saw Aquaman, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) No, definitely nobody saw Aquaman, too. Are you you thinking of the Steve Zissou movie? Huh? Are you thinking of the Life Aquatic? <laughs> I do like that movie. That he was, was great in the Life Aquatic. That was another one where he really surprised me. <laughs> he, he did. He really surprised me in Life Aquatic. It was a totally different from what he usually does, and he was terrific at it. Yep. So the problem with uh, uh, Life Aquatic uh, is that typically, for me, Every time Willem Dafoe is in a movie and every time Bill Murray is in a movie, regardless of their standing or their screen time, it is a Willem Dafoe or a Bill Murray movie, but they are both in that movie. <laughs> you are talking about two scene stealers who negate themselves. They just negate it, yeah. Because the scenery steals the show, the show. in that movie. The scenery the and scenery, the music. The, the dis- That's because it's a Wes The decisions Anderson. of how to uh, film it yeah. steal that completely. But yeah, yeah, that yeah. movie is a uh, that's a wild card. That is a weird movie, and it's a fun movie. And you're right, the scenery itself kind of negates two powerhouses of scene stealers. And I guess yeah. that brings us to plugs. And now well, I'd like to take to that soundtrack. <laughs> I'd like to thank Kirby Crackle for providing our geek rock music every week. You can check him out at KirbyCracklemusic.com. And what the hell is going on? Why are LT and Josh, if you're not watching this on YouTube, and you're probably not because I'm really lazy about uploading shit, but uh, why are you guys wearing the same shirts? Where, what, what are those amazing shirts? What that are those amazing on? shirts? <laughs> uh, well, that's a great shirt. Yeah. of unusual size. They are ianlino.com t-shirts from the folks at geekorthodox.com and ianlito.com geekorthodox.com of course being the place where you can get your stained glass glass prints your jenny skywalker rocks glasses uh everything geeky that you need except for apparel all your apparel needs you have to go to ianlito.com because they have so much stuff they needed two websites and if you drink enough purple passion you too can stay in the grass yeah it's true it's true (laughs) All your stained glass prints. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to Pensacon coming up. We're going to be there. Uh, I'm going to submit a new panel for the first time ever that Mike uh, sent me a couple days ago that I just saw. And we're going to have our good friend Janet on that panel. And uh, what was the name of that panel, uh, Mikey? Don't read this. Censorship in the modern age. We we actually did that panel once in uh, New Orleans. 
Oh, that's right. We did do that one. That was a terrific but back campaign. then. It was a very rare occurrence. <laughs> that's true. It's yeah. weird that censorship oh, was so long ago, six oh, so long, yeah. or seven years seven ago, years. when it was rare for a comic or for a comic book to be challenged. Yeah, censorship being on the rise is odd. But uh, Pentagon's coming up. The lot, a lot of really terrific guests are going to be coming. I just saw that Lou Gossett Jr. is going to be there from Enemy Iron Mine. Eagle. Iron Eagle. What? I was Enemy thinking Mine. Iron Eagle. Uh, Enemy Mine. That's a great one, Josh. Oh, such a good and Iron Eagle uh, too. Mike, who's uh, when you go to Lou Gossett Jr. in your head, who's uh, what's the first movie? Officer and a Gentleman. Officer and a Gentleman, ah, another great awesome. one. Yeah. So we got uh, uh, me and LT on the same page on Iron Eagle. Uh, Josh over there. I mean, good actor, a lot of range, real fun yeah. stuff. Anybody that you're looking uh, super forward to, guys? Uh, Jack gotta... Reacher is going to be there. Oh, oh yeah, he's, he is. Yeah. The guy I who love plays that Richard guy. Blue Mountain State good. was so nice. good. You guys remember Blue Mountain State? No, you're the only one who watched it. That's one. why. It was so good. He was also Hawk of Hawk and Dove and the Teen Titans. Miserable Titans series. He was also but the freak. He was a good the, Hawk. He, he was. was a good Hawk. He was also the freak of Flat Top and the Freak, which is young Scully and uh, his sidekick on uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. And why they don't make a spin-off. Scully. Yeah. Oh my God. I would I I'll chip in to make Flat Top and the Freak the 80s version of Brooklyn Nine-Nine happen. <laughs> yeah, I don't know the actor's name, but I I I like both seasons of the Reacher. Um yeah. That, Do me a favor, I'm gonna make you the one dollar challenge, Josh. Watch the first season of Blue Mountain State. What okay. and I'll give you a dollar if you don't like it. No. It's really good. I mean, it's really funny. What? Okay. Anyone else have a uh, a plug? I got mine in. All right. Yeah. Uh-huh. pegboard. Yeah. I got my pegboard. I'm doing great. All right. I guess that'll do it for this week's episode of the Long Box, guys. Thank you ever so much for joining us. Once again, uh, we do have a Patreon page, uh, which we're doing another separate new podcast called games and brains in which we talk about a, a game we like and uh, a scientist we like who do we talk about this week there josh uh why'd you throw me on the spot i don't remember grace hopper <laughs> we- that's the one grace hopper <laughs> yeah we wonder. talked about plunder and grace hopper we talked about a great game we play called plunder and a great a scientist named grace hopper who is one of my my wife's very favorite uh, scientists of all times a terrific um, topic and a, a, a great, great podcast. And if you like that, all you have to do is go to Patreon and for a mere one dollar a month. A month? I know. Yeah. Yeah. You can get that podcast in your ear, listen to it, enjoy it. Every single dime goes to. Oh, where does it go to, LT? Elizabeth, anybody else? I caught him in mid-ice shoe. <laughs> Sorry about that, LT. Wow. I was just trying to listen to you. Uh, Elizabeth Peabody House, we feed over 100 families every single week, uh, and we're expanding our operation. LT just got us into these two housing projects where the people who can't come down to the food bank can actually just come down to the lobby of their housing projects and get a bag of food. Hopefully, that'll last them at least a good part of the week. Those are pretty good bags. Yeah. I've gone to a lot of food banks here in town because I like to see how we're doing. 
And I, I honestly have to say, we have one of the nicer bags going out to families in need. That's not hyperbole. That's not braggadocia. I really think we do have one of the better ones. And a lot of that's to you, LT, because I yell at you freaking week about getting too much food. <laughs> but we're doing great over there. Anybody else? Let's wrap it up. I'm good. Right. Well, join us next week, and our topic will be something else. Anybody? Yeah, we'll our topic next later. week is Fables. <laughs> what was that? Our topic next week is Fables by Bill Wellingham. Ooh, Fables. Oh. I got one Which of those Which we for all Christmas. got one of those for Christmas. I was going to say. <laughs> Mike, did you? was that your Christmas present to everybody, Fables? Uh, to you three, yes. Oh, I got uh, got my copy right back there. I also have your Christmas present back here, Mike. It finally came. LT, yours never came and won't come. Uh, so I'm gonna get you something different. Is it my wife? Oh. Are you saying something? You saying your wife won't come? Apparently, a joke for LT. Yeah, I was I was trying to make a joke, but uh, when like it sort of lands on you, Mike. Yeah, I was like, wow, I just slammed myself. Jeez. Self slam. <laughs> Sorry about um, that. All right. Mikey, what's this podcast like to you? It's not it's like, like his wife's orgasm. It's actually it's like happens. therapy. <laughs> it sounds like therapy. <laughs> I'm going to go now. Tommy, any word, last words of wisdom for us? Uh, try to do some good in the world. <laughs> Josh, Mike's wife's orgasm. Is that your sector? That's not my sector. And you know what I hope is not my sector? His wife listening to this podcast. I know she doesn't, but I oh, hope this is the one safe. she's like, you know we're what? We're totally safe. I should give this a shot. Much <laughs> like Tom's pegboard. Yeah. Yeah, she'll stop at the pegboard, but. She'll stop at the pegboard. Yeah. Uh, and don't forget what I say. Well, no, no, I... no. Yeah. And don't forget what I always say. <laughs> don't just what you just promote what you love. You'll live longer. Thank you for the long guys. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.